Magneto Funky, number 151. It's Friday, December 20th, 2019. Hey, Larry here. Merry Impeachmas! Okay, anyway. Last week and this week, my demo power plant went through much evolving and debugging, but now my device is running 5x5 in both battery charging directions. And I finally had a good place to stop and do the show. Uh, the music is what came in last week and this week, starting with another seasonal treat from Sue Hutton and Athan Maroulis. For him, the rumpa bum bum, 
Okay, uh, that was Carol of the Drum by Sue Hutton and Athan Maroulis uh, from the new Project Records release, Christmas Nocturne. Nice. Yeah, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, weekly international pod zine of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on energy independence for the 99%. My pod page is 1223studios.com slash mfunky.h and the Twitter is at MagnetoFunky. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay, in grid theory. Well, it was a healthy mix of both theory and practice last week and this week as the coefficient testing turned into another shakedown and debugging adventure. Well, anyway, I'll go over the particulars of the different time test stages. But incidental of that, I discovered that you can't get a current reading off the line from the charge controller to the common ground or from the controller to the B-side switch, only off the line from the A-side negative to the A battery. Uh, anyway, the first test without the inverter delivered 0.8443 coefficient of performance, or 84%. Now, my immediate thought was the system itself was off, because that's too low. And in checking the parts, I discovered that the boost converter was fried. Uh, it was only outputting the battery's 12 volts and change, not the 16 volts set. So, after swapping out the spare and recalibrating it, I repeated the test. Now I was seeing 14 milliamps like before instead of 7 to 8. Uh, I ran the numbers of the first test on paper with the 14 milliamp current and got a final number of 1.005 or exactly 1. Now a third baseline test at 14 milliamps gave me a coefficient of 0 0.9992. And after another hour or so to rest the batteries, I did the inverter idling stage and got 350 to 360 milliamps during the charge-discharge phase and a C of P of 1.03, suggesting that the open circuit load taps need to be engaged to make the system more efficient. Uh, anyway, as a safety measure to protect my boost converter, I thought, I installed a big-ass 6-ohm, 50-watt current-limiting resistor to make sure the current never goes above 2 amps. And then I found a free energy form where some guy a couple of years ago suggested doing the same thing, and a spotter reminded him that 
you can't use the current limiting resistor on a variable load like a boost converter. <laughs> he said, just use the fuse. Okay, feeling stupid. I took the resistor out and I put the three amp fuse in that I had after the boost converter. Now I put it in front. Uh, anyway, next I set up the system for the moderate inverter load. Uh, I decided to skip the night light because it's pretty much a repeat of the idling stage. So with the system up, I plugged the boom box in and forgot that even this thing causes a surge and knocks the ammeter silly. So I had to turn it all off and back on with the boom box plugged in. Then it read a very steady and very slightly pulsing 750 milliamps and a coefficient of 0.9976. Now, after a couple of hours, I ran the boombox test again, and this time got a coefficient of 1.0545. So, to me, the immediate takeaway is that the system with just the 12 volt outlet idling is the least effective, while the system is nominal with the inverter, whether a small or moderate load is plugged in or not. It seems you gotta have some wattage pumping through the load taps just to get a coefficient right around one. Okay, anyway, I next went on and tried the laptop and those results in a bit. But back to the stage. Continuing with a pair of tunes separately similar. Uh, two atmospheric pieces and two hip-hop numbers. Uh, first, the Celestial Diver, the number three Traceries version by veteran Bay Area electronic musician and multi-instrumentalist Forrest Fang, followed by Best Life by Bosky, who I'm guessing is with the crew Boko from L.A. This is the first of two L.A. artists who only sent me their work and an email address. Uh, anyway. The piece is gloriously not work safe, which means you can crank it up during the office Christmas party.
I got a song for you. Let me hear it. Hear? Second set opens with another spin for hip hop artist Kay Jizzle from just outside Atlanta. Uh, a tune called Vicious that is work safe. And we wrap up with another atmospheric piece Love's Lies Crushing from a tribute to Black Tape for a Blue Girl, an American ethereal band formed in 1986 by Project Records founder Sam Rosenthal. Now, their music takes on elements of dark wave, ethereal, ambient, goth, and neoclassical music. Uh, director David Lynch is one of the band's more well-known fans. And, by the way, 
The album's name is Of These Reminders. Name Your Price. Yeah, it's at Bandcamp. I look delicious but I'm vicious. I know I look delicious but I'm vicious. The plate is full and you know this. My plate is full and you know this. I know I look delicious but I'm vicious. I know I look delicious but I'm vicious. The plate is full and you know this. My plate is full and you know this. And then you show it, show it.
Hey, Geek Notes. Okay, I'm gonna keep it short here, but yeah, P. Grabby's name, might as well now call him P. Grabbed. And yeah, we all know Moscow Mitch McConnell is gonna give asshole the same kind of trial the Klansman who murdered Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman got first time around. Whew, good old boys had fun that day in court, didn't they? Or we know it as the standard trial a cop who murders an unarmed kid gets. You know, I'm still pissed that the corporate Dems didn't go after more articles of impeachment. Makes me suspect y'all didn't target the stuff you'd like your president to get away with in the future. Anyway, we'll see how Speaker Pelosi continues playing the long game. Anyway, a little housekeeping here. I'm cutting out doing the calendar holidays starting this week. Because they frankly take too much time and it's been two years now. I've done all the dates. But I will still plug cultural slash political events of interest. Uh, and any I don't do on the show will get posted on the Twitter page. So, if you got promos, pluggers, gig info, an art opening, etc., send me an email. The address is mfunkyzine at gmail.com and bands, artists, and poets, download links, no attachments please, and no promises. Transfer complete. Okay, in grid practice. Uh, before we continue, the tests had the B-side battery bank being measured during the input and output phases. Uh, either one or two hours for each phase, with an hour pause after each phase before reading the voltage. Okay. Seeing the system operate within reasonable expectation, I went on and tried the laptop. I plugged that 90 watt baby in and got a clicking laptop power brick and current surging from zero up to four amps as the inverter blinked red. I tried the 160 watt inverter that the laptop does work with and got the same result. Now, I figured this is what happens sometimes with an appliance that can't take a modified sine wave inverter. So I then tried to plug my seven-year-old old laptop with the dead battery in. Now it's only 65 watts. No, same bad result. So to double check, I ran the B battery bank directly to the 12 volt outlet and the Crackerbox 150 watt inverter, plugged the laptop in, and it worked just fine. No clicking, no surges, strongly suggesting that the charge controller and the laptop's power brick don't mix. Maybe only a pure sine wave inverter will do, but 
after I wasted a day debating whether to break my Walmart boycott and spend $60 on a 300 watt dingus. And I don't want a 300 watt dingus, you know, so screw that. If I was in a camper van already, you know, I would just run the inverter off the car's 12 volt outlet. And this so far was the only big hitch in the system. So I guess I had to go back to filtering, uh, trying to filter out the pulse width modulations on the low tap side of the split positive using a bridge rectifier and a low pass filter. So anyway, I spent Monday morning using a filter design tool from Okawa Electric Design, nice place, for the two parts. I came down to a 500 ohm resistor and a 10 microfarad capacitor. And I pulled that baby breadboard off the old prototype board. So Tuesday morning, I wired the filter in, set up the system, plugged in the inverter, and checked it with the nightlight. An AC fan motor I salvaged, then tried the laptop. But the juice is still too dirty. Alright, I tried the bridge rectifier and the filter separately. Still no go. But now the nightlight was no go. Okay, so I took out the filter, wired the load taps back into the boost buck converter, but the charge controller now wouldn't blink with the inverter plugged in. Then I flipped the battery switches down to B to A side, and the damn inverter went back to green, ran the night light, ran the fan motor, and I plugged the laptop in. The brick clicked exactly one time, the damn inverter went from red to green, and the controller's blinking like normal. No rectifier, no filter, no pure sine wave needed. The damn thing is doing everything I want, just in the wrong direction. Alright, so I figured there's either a short or a break on the A to B side that's not on the B to A side. So I went over all the connections to and from the battery switches, nothing on the negative switch, but embarrassingly, staring me dead in the face was the positive wire going from the charge controller to the B side on the positive switch. And I realize when the switch is up, that wire goes to the B battery that's in charge mode. But with the switch down, that output still goes to the B battery, and now it's in run mode. Finally, the light bulb went on. <laughs> so I moved the output wire to the A side and switch up. It ran a laptop. Okay. Now the circuit didn't blow up, but it's going the wrong way. There's no charge going to the charge battery. So I wasted a little bit more time evolving the solution from a split output to both sides using two diodes wired back to back. Uh, but when I tried it on the Java circuit simulator, it wouldn't work till I remembered to put a resistor on it. Uh, I played around with the values and settled on uh, a 15 ohm 25 watt resistor because it limited the maximum current to just under 800 milliamps. And that just happened to be my brick resistor from the old protoboard. I don't like the idea of splitting the current and wasting half of it. So on Thursday, I turned the Y connection into a switch uh, using my single pole double throw knife switch I pulled off of one of the other failed prototypes. 
Anyway, I hooked everything up again and did a run test with the fan motor. Still got intermittent play. Then I planned a hunch. I disconnected the ammeter, connected everything up the way it should be, fired it back up, and this time the fan motor worked fine. I got the laptop power cord and plugged it in. The inverter blinked for a second till I played with the plug. The power brick clicked once. The inverter light went green. The ammeter? Anyway, I cut the power, flipped the switches, and the inverter went to green. The laptop brick clicked once. No muss, no fuss. Okay. So finally, the 100 watt version is solid, running 5x5. Five five. But I still need to read the volts and amps. And is that external current limiter screwing with the charge controller? And I think the test results were probably, most likely, stepped on by the output wiring fault. But for now, it's completely past the run test. And now the lab notes are all caught up. Okay, uh, for this week's One More Tune, we close out with the other piece from L.A. with just an email address. Set em Rollin' by Minton Reed. Now, this piece is kind of hard, but hey, so what? I dedicate it to... Oh, not the hashtag impotus who just got pee-grabbed or the despicable motherfuckers who've turned a political party into a terrorist organization, but to the super-rich assholes who pull both parties' strings and think they have enough goddamn money to bribe both the devil and St. Peter at the pearly gates. <laughs>
well. Okay. Hey, this show is a 1223 Studio joint. I'm on Internet Archive, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Player FM, Listen Notes, Podknife, and Mixcloud. Show notes are on the pod pages. Send email to mfunkyzine at gmail.com. Hey, if you like the show, tell your friends. And, you know, the sainted and slave-owning founding fathers formed this government into three co-equal branches, but they never intended for factions or parties to form. Otherwise, they'd have done that, and it wouldn't have been a two-party, but instead a three-party system. So the parties would be a co-equal check on each other's BS. I'm pretty sure that's why both of our corporate instruments of imperial power will never allow an independent, legitimate, national third party. And it's got nothing to do with fringe-issue puppet parties either. You know, they like them. Maybe the only option is to take the non-corporate, progressive, and liberal majority of the Democratic Party and break off and form that third party with uh, a lot of the infrastructure that you take it with you. But only once the current GOP gets the enema it really needs before the rot from within kills this country and turns it into a very short-lived global empire. Unless you assholes actually do have a planet B with a couple active plantations on it. Hmm. Uh, show themes, Rocket Power and Spyglass by New York musician and composer Kevin McClough. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode is set for Friday, December 27th. I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my garret in the mission. And this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco, where we go through, not into, the darkness.